Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Jen Procacci, and you are listening to The Cannabis Hour, a bi-weekly radio program where we discuss all things cannabis. Thanks for joining us today. I have two great guests with me. Uh, my first guest is going to be Tracy Pellar from the um, Mendocino Producers Guild. We're going to be talking about the very exciting cannabis farmers market happening this weekend in Laytonville, as well as what the Mendocino Producers Guild is doing to elevate legacy farmers in our region and across the state. And then after that, we're going to have Michael Katz of the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance here with us for a policy update, as well as to further discuss what is going on with the referendum situation. So first up, I'm going to have Tracy here with me. Tracy has lived in Laytonville for the past 20 years. Her son, Jaden, with her awesome husband, Ray, and played in the woods and homeschooled and fell in love with the wild. She is the co-founder of the Mendocino Wildlife Association, board member of WEC, and co-founder of the Mendocino Producers Guild. She is a cannabis farmer and loves staying home. <laughs> Mendocino Producers Guild is committed to showcasing legacy farms as the most expensive weed in the world. We are absolutely not in competition. We are the competition. Mendocino Producers Guild is here not only for Canafolk, but for all producers who are committed to integrity. These markets are meant to serve them well. Our upcoming market is just a soft opening. Tracy feels deeply that having small producers who love the land and bring hope to the fish should be given top dollar for their commitment to best practices. This is their time. They're who the world's been waiting for. These are our markets countywide, live markets to celebrate our community commitment to quality. Awesome, Tracy. Are you here with us on the air? Yes, I am. Thank you, you so much for joining okay. us this morning. Yeah, we can hear you great. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on the air with us. I'm sure you're super busy, so thanks so much for making the time. And do you want to get started by just um, telling our listeners what Mendocino Producers Guild is all about? Yes. So grateful. Yes. The Producers Guild is here really to showcase our um, our small producers, people who are, are growing, like I said, with integrity, uh, responsibly, and they come up with these. It's all about the live markets. So direct, it's kind of a direct farm avenue, um, and there's there's so much to it. Um, but when I was when I was when I was thinking of when I was making the, the guild, I was like, there's so it's so big. I was like, well, bring it back, bring it back. What's the seed? So if you go to the website MendocinoProducerField.org, you will see the the salmon jumping because it's really it starts there with watershed and protecting the fish protecting our land protecting our homes being community-based um living you know where you're growing and 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 we have to just be an extraction you know uh industry what we are is we're communal we give we take we restore and we cultivate, and then we get to share those practices. We get to share that knowledge, and we get to get top dollar for our goods because we, you know, go the extra, whatever it is, 
to make sure that we're taking care of all the things around us, the water, the wildlife, our families with, you know, delicious, juicy products. So the guild is there to help with marketing because most farmers, such as myself, I would love nothing more than to just stay home and garden and do my thing and go to town once a week or whatever. So we're not really like marketing or advertising kind of people. So what works best for farmers is to maybe leave the house once in a while and go to a market, have a good time and then go home. So that's what the guild is here for is to create those markets countywide. That's awesome. So how long has the Mendocino Producers Guild been around for? Like a day. No. <laughs> um, I, like, um, it's been in my mind. It actually started years ago. I got the business license. Um, but then, you know, life. So maybe February, since February. Brand spanking new. That's awesome. And, you know, I'm so excited for this upcoming farmer's market this weekend. And part of the reason why I'm so excited for it is because other than the cannabis um, museum opening in Willits that was on 420, this is really one of our first community cannabis events since COVID. So it's so exciting that we're going to be able to be out and gathering and celebrating and, you know, just being around our community members that we love. Do you want to talk a little bit about the event this weekend and the farms that are going to be there and just like how people can attend and where it is and everything like that? Absolutely. Um, so I, I can I first I want to say that we cannabis farmers of Mendocino County are some of the toughest kin in the world. We're amazing. And through all of it, um, they have managed to get their their products uh, product. Uh, completely COA'd, which is a, a test that you have, just hoops. It just has to do with hoops. All the farmers have jumped through all the hoops um, and are able to bring you completely, I mean, it's a completely legal market, which is just like a, such a, a new concept in and of it. Well, yeah, it's just, it's there's hoops. So jump through all the hoops. And what you'll do as a, as a, a person coming in, um, this free admission, there's going to be about 20 farms and um, you cruise around and you get to meet the farmers and then they can tell you their stories and maybe you buy a t-shirt and then they'll give you a ticket. Now, every, every person who comes in, you can only purchase up to an ounce total. So that's why the farmers mostly are selling eighths or, um, or quarter ounces. So you can taste a variety of different farms. So you'll meet the farmers, you'll do what you want, and then you'll get a ticket and you can get up to, you know, eight different uh, different farms because you can get up to an ounce, like I said, or, you know, whatever, however, whatever you want. Um, and then you will go to, there's a traveling dispensary and that will be your point of sale. So you won't be buying directly from the farmer. You'll be, do, you'll be buying from the traveling dispensary person, which is Golden State. And then, um, and we're going to be, let me just put a huge shout, hello, Mendocino Cannabis Distribution and Nick Smilgies for being so awesome. Nobody's making any money of this event. This is all just volunteer to help some, uh, support and promote the farmers. But Nick's, uh, it's going to be at his place, uh, Mendocino Cannabis Distribution on 44550 Willis Avenue in Laytonville. 
And Laytonville itself is a legacy town. The whole, t- I mean, that's what our town's made out of is uh, people from the hills. I mean, we used to have a thousand dollar bake sales at one time. So, um, yeah, so it'll be, you know, there'll be Thanksgiving coffee will be there with a little pop up, um, making like a little cafe thing with cold brews. There'll be food, there'll be a taco truck, there'll be kind of piped in music, but it's mostly there to come and meet the farmers get an eighth or a few eighths or however much you want. And then, um, and, and, and then kind of, you know, you can, you can schmooze around, but there's no on-site consumption at this point. Things might change. Um, I'm actually working on that right now, but at this point it's just, it's just kind of like going to a store, like to a market, to a farmer's market. Cool, Tracy. Thank you so much. That sounds awesome. I know I want to say that I will be there with my farm wildland cannabis, and we are super stoked to participate and can't wait to meet the other farmers and just mingle in the community in that way that we have really missed over the past year. Um, I wanted to ask, too, I'm not familiar with the Mendocino distribution site. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what it is is it is it sort of like in a parking lot or is it a little like outdoor space what is the venue going to be like okay so the venue um is going to be um hot let me just start there and say it's going to be really hot it's outdoors and is in a pasture um so he his cannabis distribution site is at the old dr wright's office um so it used to be a veterinarian clinic there it's beautiful it's um it's so that's where we're going to be so they'll they will park and where the where the tents are it's like a, a tiny little pasture and there'll be shade, of course, we're putting up shades everywhere, and someone figured out how to do misters. Um, but definitely, if you're coming out that day, you know, dress dress lightly and, and carry lots of water. For sure, it's going to be a heat wave. Um, yeah. yeah, wow, that sounds great. It's going to be a beautiful event. And, you know, I know that some of, some of our wonderful cannabis farms um, that are going to be participating in this event, you know, Happy Days is one that springs to mind. Um, they produce goods, not just cannabis, but other farm goods as well. And I'm wondering if you knew if anyone at this event was going to be selling anything other than cannabis. You know, like we'll be selling some swag too, T-shirts and hats and stuff like that. But is anybody going to be selling, like, veggies or flowers, too? Yes. There will be flowers and eggs. These are all from small producers. So these are local people with little local goods. There will be flowers and eggs. And I think Case might bring something else. Um, and some some good homemade food. Um, but this, like I said, this is the small, this was supposed to be small, soft opening. The, 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 the other markets, you know, the, the markets in the future will have everything from weed to wool to wine to whiskey. Like we produce so much of Mendocino County, small craft excellence. We have a real knack for quality around here. And so it would be one of the most beautiful markets literally in the world. And that's where my vision is, is, is global. And so that we can have these legacy tours, we can have um, producer guild markets where people get to know very European, if you can think, you know. 
That's awesome, Tracy. You led me right into my next question there, which is what what is your vision for the future? I mean, are you are you thinking of having these markets all over the county of Mendocino, sort of like a Absolutely. traveling market? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, and I think that will do, you know, best because we have such different diverse regions, you know, like in Anderson Valley, so different from Laytonville, right? Um, and then working with those local people to craft their market, because I think Mendocino is really a bioregional situation here. We really like our microclimates and we like our micro communities and, let, and letting them lead the way and then the guild supports what they envision for their market, you know, who's there and what do they have? I mean, we used to be, I, you know, I hope that we get more into our wools again. We used to have a lot of wool. Um, and I think that's, I, we are, we are sustainable Mendocino, you know, and, and this whole thing with, uh, re, we're, you know, like we were saying, we're resource-based community and it's so important to, to protect the resources, we have to protect the producers because it's all based on economy. So if our economy with small producers is doing well, then hopefully that'll be enough to feed the people uh, who make the decisions for what we're doing with our economy to say, we're doing great. You know, the small producers are making money. They're making money for everybody. We don't have to sell out. Uh, we can keep it small and keep it real. So that's the, the long-term goal as far as like um as far as you know in alignment with environment and small producers and micro regions so the 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 markets will be very specific to where you live and what you got going on with goods there but of course everybody would be welcome to come depending on how big the venue is so it could be really small it could be really big Awesome. That's a beautiful vision, Tracy. I love it. I love hearing what you have to say about that. Um, I totally agree. I think that the identity of Mendocino County is small homesteaders and small businesses in general. So why not support that and give those people the opportunity to boost our economy, you know, like they have been doing for decades and decades already. Right. Right. Exactly. So when Yeah, they just have it. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we're not just, we're just not big advertisers, you know, we're, you know, so that's just why, you know, we go slower. It's, you know, with, when I realize without having, without having money, you can do so much less. It's incredible. <laughs> with having money, you can do so much more. <laughs> so, you know, it's talk about grassroots, you know, so it's, and you know, what we have though, Jen, is the strength of each other. I'm really seeing you know, at the Guild, we have our logo is we are better together. And we really, really, really are. We trust each other. We support each other. We're not in competition with each other. We're, 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 we're a team. We're tribal almost, you know. And what's good for one is good for all. And with, with the, you know, baseline of really good for the good of all. And that means, you know, fish too. Absolutely far beyond our human environment, I think people here have a really deep concern for um, supporting, you know, our ecosystems as in regards to legacy farmers. I really do see that concern. So I love hearing you say that. And I know that you're the co-founder of the Mendocino Wildlife Association. So I know that that's something that is probably very near and dear to your heart personally as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. So when we, and you know what, when we were chatting with Oh, no, that's all right. Go ahead. We have a little lag here because of the Zoom, so it's going to happen. But, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, the same thing with wildlife. You know, what we're doing is we're basically educating and elevating the market for cannabis. We're now we're delineating ourselves from the factory weed, um, and that's huge, right? And the same thing with, with wildlife. People were doing all kinds of things that would create nuisance wildlife, but then once you get the education out there, it helps. So education is really the key to so much um, enlightenment. Really, sorry. So that was yes, and all. On that note, when we were chatting before we got on the air, you were talking about two things that I wanted to make sure we touched on during the show today. And one was something you called the Legacy Cup. And the other, you were talking about how um, the Mendocino Producers Guild is going to start doing bud tender education. So would you speak to both of those things? Because they're both super great ideas. I am excited for our future. Well, we're going to be having a bud tender camp um, because that's a big deal is training the the people who sell the weed about the difference so that they can tell the story too and um i don't have the exact date for that but it's going to be happening in Laytonville at a place called the trout farm which is now called mendocino magic i guess and it's great it's beautiful uh owned by Mackenzie o'donnell and she's super team and that's another thing that i'm finding here the support for what we're doing, how many people love the legacy farmers, like love us, like, like, it's so heartening to know that all that it feels like the world's looking at us with kind eyes. And there's so much support out there for us. I just can't wait to get us to market. So there's, um, so there's the bud tender camp, which we're going to have stories and education. And that's going to be a real, um, a real high. And then the other thing, legacy cup. So this morning when I was talking to Santa Cruz, you know, first it was just going to be Mendocino. Um, but I really feel, and I think, you know, the team really feels legacy. We need to elevate California's legacy people because the environmental issue is all through California as well. And the legacy cannabis farmers really want to hold it down where it seems to be very simpatico with environmentalists. So the legacy cup will be a California cup for all legacy farmers. Uh, growers who have are living on the on the site so you have to be homegrown to enter and uh it's california and i don't have a date on that either but that's going to be exciting so stay tuned for that that's awesome i love that you have to live on your farm in order to participate in that event i think that's a great um barrier (laughs) to keep corporate cannabis out of the situation and do you yeah. think that that event is going to be something that you plan on launching in 2021 or you're thinking maybe it's a couple years away? Next year. Next year. I will, we'll like, well, I'll have a date. Well, as soon as I have a date, Jen, I'll be like, I've got the date. We've got the date. I just, you know, awesome. I think Mendocino will, will host it. And so I, and, and what I'm seeing is that the legacy stuff blows up. And so it should be a venue that's, we, it's got to be a place. And the beauty of this is that it stimulates our economy in all ways. Once we host the cup here in Mendocino, we're talking Airbnbs. We'll make like maybe little travel packages, you know, with hotels and restaurants and come check out this winery while you're here and just really do the collaboration because that's what it's all about. Because we've got so many delicious fine goods. And also at the Cup, of course, we will be with the Mendocino Producers Guild theme. So you can go, you can go to the Cup. You can also buy tomatoes or, you know, a car.
or the wool or whatever you want. I mean, I am so proud of this county. We have so much to showcase and we are just there. We're this we're like we're just like a, I, I look at like a, you open a treasure box and all these jewels are in there and that's how i feel about us not to mention the land and all of that so yeah oh i love your analogy there that is so beautiful and i have to say that i could not agree more and i really hope you are able to have that event in mendocino county because i always felt so sad about the fact that the county was not hospitable and welcoming to hosting the emerald cup here and that that event had to go out of the county really in order to be able to function in the way that it wanted to. Um, it always just seemed like so sad that all that money and sort of prestige went down to a county where most of the farmers, you know, that were participating in the event were not even from. So I am super, super hopeful that you'll be able to keep that event here in Mendocino County and that you'll find a beautiful venue that can host and provide all the amenities that you need. And I hope that our county government will be amiable and helpful for you as well in making that happen. <laughs> Amen. I like that one. Yes. I feel like, I feel, I feel hope. I feel beyond hopeful, actually. I feel like the tides have turned, Jen. I really do. And I think it's, I think that we're, it's time for us to get adored. I could not agree more. And I was telling you this when we were chatting before we came on the air today, and I just want to reiterate it for our listeners, is that I love the enthusiasm that I hear in your voice. And I love the message of hope that you have for our legacy farmers, because I do sense sort of like this beaten down feeling from the legacy community right now, you know, with regulation and the market and all these things that are going on, people are feeling like people are despairing in a way. And I think it's so important to remind people of all the obstacles that we faced in the past and that we've overcome them and we're still here. And the future could be super bright if we choose to put our energy in a positive yes. direction and hold that vision in our mind. So thank you for bringing your enthusiasm to the show today. And I am just absolutely cannot wait for this event this weekend. And if you want to just plug it again, yay for our listeners right now, and then we'll make sure to do it at the end of the show as well. But could you just reiterate for our listeners like where it is and what time it's happening and everything like that? Sure. Um, okay, so it's in Laytonville, downtown Laytonville. Um, and we're at Canatown. It is 44550 Willis Avenue at Mendocino Cannabis Distribution. They um, they have been so amazing. Um, and at the time, we open up 11 to 4. And uh, and it's going to be hot. I said that part. And if you want to see the farmers that are going to be there, go to mendocinoproducersguild.org, and there's a list of our farmers. Awesome. Good? Thank enough? you. And yeah, that's okay. perfect. Mm -hmm. And one more quick question for you before we move on to getting the policy report from Michael here is if people want to join Mendocino Producers Guild or they want to be more involved, um, what's that like? Is there a membership fee or anything like that? Or just talk a little about that. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up. So Mendocino so, uh, you know, it take, this is for the people, by the people. The Guild is totally like that. So right now we have 
the cannabis guild together. But I'm hoping we'll get the wool guild, you know, the the food guild or the beet guild, whatever, whatever, um, whatever group of people want to, you know, share best practices and organize themselves. This is your platform. It is a living platform. And all you have to do is go to the website, MendocinoProducersGuild.org. You can write me an email. Uh, there's a contact me there, MendoPG at gmail.com. And tell me what you want to do. And you're completely supported in doing it. Um, and there's, of course, just a little easy sign up on the website as well. If you just want to get a newsletter, which we're going to have coming out after the event. Cool. Thank you, Tracy. All right. If you're just tuning in, I want to remind you that this is the Cannabis Hour. I am your host, Jen Procacci. Um, the Cannabis Hour is a bi-weekly radio program where we discuss all things cannabis. And this is KZYX that you are listening to. I am here today with Tracy Pellar from the Mendocino Producers Guild. We've just been discussing the Laytonville Farmers Market that is upcoming this weekend, as well as her work with the Guild. And now we're going to be moving on to a cannabis policy report where we are going to talk about the referendums. And that will be with the awesome Michael Katz. Um, Tracy, we are going to take callers at the end. So if you are able to stick around for another like 15, 20 minutes till the end of the show, in case people call in and have a question for you, that would be super great. And right now we will move on to Michael. Michael, are you here with us on the air? Yes. Good morning. Yay. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been great to hear the conversation with Tracy. I also am very much looking forward to the event this Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. Are you going to be there, Michael? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, we uh, MCA will be uh, have a table thanks to Tracy and the Producers Guild. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see folks and stock up on some incredible Mendocino cannabis, many uh incredible MCA members are participating and we're just grateful to to see this coming to fruition in the county and you know really support everything that Tracy was saying and uh, are just so grateful to be a part of this community. I know it's really a dream come true I mean we talked a lot about this when um, legalization was happening how we were so excited to to be able to have farmers markets and then it seemed like our dream was sort of shattered for a while there so i just i'm like cannot even describe at my level of enthusiasm towards this event and how excited i am to be seeing this like magically happen at this point in time where i feel like we all really need this in the community yeah you know one of the things that uh i realized we realized i think soon after uh prop 64 passed was that once it started to be implemented, we were going to have to spend the next several years kind of clawing back our way to even close to uh, the system that was in place under 215. And a lot of people, you know, forget that there was a fully legal system of cannabis production and, uh, you know, economy going on before, quote unquote, legalization. And so, you know, those were very common occurrences and what helped bridge the gap between communities. And so, yes, I'm grateful to see uh, us catching up to where we used to be, um, but we're not quite there, there yet. And, you know, one of the things we're going to be talking about now is how important it is to protect the legacy community that you and Tracy were just speaking about and 
you know, what that looks like in context of what's happening in the policy and political realm at the moment in the county. Totally. You are very right with that reminder of what was going on under Prop 215. I remember those farmers markets at Area 101, and I remember meeting Jorge Cervantes there once and buying his book and getting him to sign it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these are the coolest thing farmers markets ever. So it's good to remember that you're right. That was happening in the past. So thank you for that. And on that note, do you want to take it away with um, your policy report for today? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, the, uh, the, as, as many folks in the community know, uh, the new cannabis, uh, new commercial cannabis activities ordinance, uh, was adopted by the board of supervisors on the 22nd of June. Uh, and so, um, that ordinance, uh, passed and is on its way towards, uh, you know, uh, official adoption and being able to be implemented. Um, along with the ordinance passing, uh, the supervisors directed staff to come back with another ordinance that would add some additional limitations to the ordinance as it was passed. Uh, and that happened for a number of reasons. You know, one was um, that in order to pass the entire ordinance prior to uh, the closing of the jurisdictional exemption um, that was uh, opened by the state, the ordinance would not have to go through a full environmental review. That environmental review would be happening on a case-by-case -case basis uh, for each applicant in this particular ordinance. And just to remember, this ordinance isn't necessarily the last ordinance in the world. This is just the ordinance that we're dealing with now. Uh, and so uh, to, to get this through um, under the state-imposed timeline, uh, it was voted in, and then this new ordinance uh, would have restrictions on the ordinance limiting cultivation um, expansion to uh, only two acres, uh, a maximum of up to two acres uh, in certain zoning uh, and uh, limited parcel types in rangeland. Um, and that would be in place until uh, at least 2026, uh, understanding that there would not be new plants in the ground under any sort of expansion before the drought ends. Um, and the uh, just with the way that the timeline works, likelihood that there wouldn't be any new plants in the ground if the drought ends soon before 2023. And so, you know, in addition to that cap, there would be a series of public meetings and uh, some benchmarks that have yet to be determined that would uh, inform the community at that point if additional expansion would be appropriate. Um, and so, you know, there, if it was, that would expand, uh, expand up to five acres uh, for the next three years, after which there would be another similar process uh, to evaluate if, in fact, expansion would be possible. And if it was, then it would be an expansion of up to a maximum of 10 acres, uh, and that would be the maximum. Uh, and this is the direction of the board 
two staff to come back with this ordinance. I understand there are certain folks who uh, are, you know, feeling that they haven't been heard. And so they say, if I haven't been heard to this point, you know, why will I be heard now? And so, you know, I understand there's a lot of uh, confusion and unhappiness with certain components of this ordinance, but the core foundation of it uh, and what MCA has identified as the core uh, primary reason why it needs to pass through and we don't want to see it uh, suspended or revoked is to create a safe pathway for existing operators to be able to maintain their operations and stay in the licensed market. Um, because without this pathway at this time, potentially hundreds of existing licensed operators are in danger of being removed from the regulated system. Thank you for that, Michael. And do you mind expanding a little bit on how you think um, that that could happen? Like, how? what are the mechanisms that are in place or not in place that cause you to believe that existing cultivators could potentially lose their licenses or be removed from the market if we if one of these referendums was to succeed in its goal sure so um the the foundation of the there's an existing ordinance which is 10a17 and then there's the new ordinance which is 2218 so under 10a17 where we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 1100 applicants uh, the, that ordinance was developed before the state ordinance was in place. And so uh, ultimately, uh, it comes down to this one part of the ordinance uh, where if folks uh, have what would be viewed as a, as a more than less than significant environmental impact with their project on their site, then under the ordinance as it stands now, the county cannot enable any changes to reduce that impact and so under this system if a cultivator finds that that's the case if this is the only system if 10a17 is all that's there they would fail their application and not be given a license to operate in the legal market and then would have no ability to cultivate to sell into the licensed supply chain and would basically be you know statutorily removed from the program because they cannot meet this one part of the ordinance. The new ordinance, 2218, enables a conditioning of that permit so that if there is a potential environmental impact, it can be mitigated by actions of the applicant. And so this is a very standard process in development in general. And so, you know, the important uh, opportunity in 2218 for potentially hundreds of existing operators, and we really don't know how many, and we won't know how many for some time. Um, but since there's an unknown number of operators who may bump into the end of 10A17 for them, and just because statutorily they can't make that condition or create those mitigations, they would be stuck. And so the need for 2218 to be accessible as soon as an existing operator finds out that they need to make that transition exists so that they can be in process on their licensing and stay in the regulated market. Thank you, Michael, for clarifying that. 
Um, I want to take this moment to give out our on-air number for the radio station in case you're listening and you have a question for Michael about, you know, this very important topic that he's talking about. Or maybe you have a question for Tracy about the farmer's market. Or maybe you're a farmer and you're going to be at the farmer's market and you just want to call in and give a shout out and promo your farm real quick. That would be awesome, too. So the number for KZYX is 707-895-2448. So that number, again, is 707-895-2448 if you want to call and join us for the last few minutes of today's show. So, Michael, what I'm getting here is that um, MCA is not in favor of either of these referendums that's moving forward. So what is the position of MCA on what is being called an initiative? And could you kind of explain to our listeners what that is? I understand that that's an option that people are exploring post-referendum if neither referendum is able to gather the signatures that are needed. Sure. Well, you know, MCA, uh, as you said, does not support the referendums. And I want to make a really clear distinction that we do we do support the the uh, feelings and the experience of the community of not feeling heard. Uh, We experience, you know, we really do care about the environment. We care about the entire community. Uh, This is really about figuring out something that can work for everyone. And while we have, MCA as an organization has been actively opposed to the 10% expansion, um, you know, we do believe that the revisions to the amendments to the ordinance will be happening. And we further go on to continue to push and we urge the public to push for two things. One is the continued uh, attention to the existing ordinance 10A17 and to create as streamlined and you know minimally invasive version of that as possible and MCA provided a line by line recommendation memo in January of last year as to how we could improve that ordinance and then also uh, we are strongly urging the board to in this amended ordinance come back and uh, require Uh, an EIR, a full EIR, prior to any expansion beyond two acres to create the baseline that the community is definitely interested in seeing um, and create uh, an ability for existing operators to utilize that EIR as part of their process in getting an annual license. And due to that fact, it can be paid for by state funds. And so, you know, we are, we commiserate and we we want to see more changes happen, but not at the expense of the existing operators who could find themselves in this terrible position. And we know there are folks who are in the license program now who are supporting some of the, the referendums or one of the referendums at least. And, you know, our message to them is that we understand how you feel, but the mechanism that this is, is potentially endangering your ability to operate in the licensed market. And, you know, we've laid this out in detail uh, in a memo on our website, which is mendocannabis.com and on the policy tab. Uh, And so, you know, we just encourage everyone to really consider the full uh, scope of what these actions could entail and, you know, see if that's really the way that they want to go. 
Thank you, Michael. And just to clarify quickly for our listeners who may not know, an EIR, an EIR is an environmental impact review. And so it looks like we, we do have a caller, so we're going to put that caller through. Hi, caller. Are you here with us on the Cannabis Hour? Yes, I am. Thank you. Do you have a question uh, yeah. or comment for our um, guests today? Yes. I. You know, all this talk of the legacy growers in the good old days, I was wondering if you guys could give a, a short little biography on your history of growing in, in the county, how long you've been at it. Sure, definitely. So I will let um, Tracy answer that question, and then if there's time, I, I would love to answer it too. So, Tracy, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, we've been growing for about almost 20 years now. We moved here um, and homesteaded, um, like everything from, you know, how it is homesteading. That was fun and, and hard and all so many things. When Measure G passed... And so that was our, when we could grow 25 plants. And that was, those were fun days. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm assuming, Tracy, what's the community that you live in? I live in Laytonville. Oh, I live in Laytonville. And like, seriously, my son, you know, was raised here and we would have bake sales and literally earn like over a thousand dollars. I mean, it was the the community was always so giving and generous and that's why we have also so many nonprofits environmental things because you would have the money to do what you wanted to do you know but anyway that was that was the time yeah and i know we have so oh yeah so many um legacy growers out there in laytonville so i'm pretty new in comparison to you i've been out here for about 10 years homesteading and growing um out in the covalo area previously in a a very small little garden that just was attached to the house that I was living in at the time. And now on a bigger piece of land that um, I was able to get permitted on. So, and I live up here on my farm and homestead up here as well. And Cobalo is another place where there are just, you know, generations of farmers that have been growing since the 60s and the 70s and raised their kids here and their kids, you know, followed in their parents' footsteps and grew also. And now those people have children that are learning to farm and homestead as well. So I feel very lucky to be able to have been a part of this beautiful community. And thank you, caller, for that question. So I'm just going to give out the number one more time in case we have anybody else out there that wants to call or comment. Um, It is 707-895-2448. That is 707-895-2448 if you have a question or a comment or your farm is going to be participating in the farmer's market this weekend and you want to shout out your farm, feel free to do that too. I'd love to hear from some of the farmer's market farmers out there. And I'm going to go back to you, Michael, and just make sure, you know, we have about like 10 minutes left here, and I just want to make sure you get to say everything that you want to about MCA's position on the referendum and what's going on right now in the political cannabis world. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, I mean, I just really want to, to reinforce the that where this is where MCA's position is coming from is one of concern for the existing operators. And we do 
uh, appreciate where the community stands and the message that they want to send. And, you know, we, um, we, as you mentioned before, um, you know, that message is important to send, but it's the mechanism that is used that we want to make sure doesn't have unintentional consequences. And both of these referendums do. And so specifically the referendum being, uh, you know, what, uh, promoted by the Drells, uh, specifically is that calls for the revocation of the entire ordinance and that would uh that would be uh just a bad move for the county um because it would really throw us backwards and create less pathways to compliance what we want as a community is to see more pathways to compliance because more compliance equals more community protections, more environmental protections. And so shutting the door, that doesn't stop cultivation from happening. It just creates the kind of problems that we're seeing uh, on the unlicensed side. So we encourage as many pathways to be kept open and streamlined as possible. And so, you know, we, we definitely look to the board who has called for these amendments to you know, create this opportunity to use the EIR as the baseline for the decisions other on whether or not to further expand, um, and they have that opportunity. And so we really we we look to them to take this opportunity to hear the community and and take advantage of the the resources that are being provided by the state. And we encourage individuals in this community to not sign the referendums. Uh, for risk of creating this, uh, you know, an unintended consequence because people want to see the legacy cultivators survive. I mean, we heard that from Tracy. We hear that all the time. We hear that from the board. We hear that from the community. They, they say, you know, we want to support those folks who have been doing their best to navigate a broken system. And right now, Anything that suspends or revokes or risks suspending or revoking this ordinance does exactly the opposite and really puts those existing operators in unknown danger. And because that danger is unknown, the risk is not worth it. And so we really encourage people to consider that. And if you have already signed, there are mechanisms um, that you can, uh, you know, write an email to the county clerk and asked to be removed. Uh, what we don't want to see is people making this decision without all of the information and then feeling like they don't have recourse. Um, you know, so we encourage folks to read our full memo again on our website, mendocannabis.com and click the policy tab and, you know, really consider uh, what implications these referendums could have. Thank you, Michael. And it looks like we do have another caller, so we're going to put that caller through. Hi, caller. Are you here with us on the Cannabis Hour? We do have another caller. Yes. I'm going to turn the radio off. You know what, caller? Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, just turn that radio off there and go right ahead. (laughs) Yes, I am a farmer that will be uh, at the market on Saturday. And my farm is Laughing Farm, and I will be the one that has a red tent that says AK Ski USA because I didn't have enough time to get a brand new one or enough money to pay for it. So look for me that way. And uh, I'm very happy to hear what Michael had to say about the unintended consequences of the referendums, and 
I know that many people have not paid attention to some of these nuances in the regulations, but they will be very, very serious. And as a farmer, I'm very concerned that if for some reason there is no change in the possibility of the 2218 uh, being stalled, if not uh, removed, that my farm will probably not survive. And I, I'm, uh, quite frankly, too old to start over. So I am hoping that people take this to heart, spend the extra time to get your questions answered, and to put some pressure via letters and public comment to the supervisors, because they are the ones who have created the dilemma of an ordinance that allowed expansion, which was very much against the entire community's uh, preferences. The community does not want huge corporate entities growing cannabis in Mendocino County. So please come out to the market. I hope to see lots of friends there and uh, bring lots of water because it's going to be hot. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to seeing your farm at the market this Saturday, and it looks like we have one more caller, so we're going to take that caller real quick, and that's probably going to be our last caller we hear from. So, so caller, are you here with us on the Cannabis about Hour? the logistics of the product. Are you, are you hearing me? Okay, the logistics. Yeah, can you repeat that? Hello? Yeah, Hi, the can radio you speak on, up a little? So I, I don't have the radio on. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead. What's your question or comment? Okay, the question is logistically where products go from a legal grow? How is it legally uh, transported and sold and transformed into uh, legal income? Okay, thank you, caller. You were breaking up a little there, but I believe your question was about the legal logistics between getting the product from the farm to into distro to be able to be sold at the market? Great question. And I'm just going to give that to Tracy quickly to answer. Um, Tracy, do you have an answer for that caller? Those were all those hoops I was speaking of. So everything is in metric right now. And so you work with your distributor and you first of all have to get someone to drive out to your property to pick up the product and then it goes to the distributor and then it gets what they call COA'd, um, which is a, a type of test that gets tests for molds and this and that and the other thing and gives you your potency. After it's been COA'd and it's kind of expensive too, those tests usually run at about $600. So that was another thing that we had to deal with. You know, most farmers are just bringing in a pound um, and so is it really worth, and so luckily SC Labs was very kind and supportive of the uh, of the legacy farmers, and so they gave us a good deal on that. After it gets tested, then it has to be um, processed, and that means that it takes from the tested batch, what they call a batch, into tiny little jars, eighth jars or whatever size you're going to, you know, retail on in a approved uh, 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 facility that you can do that in. And then so we had little farmers doing packing parties. They'd come all the way down from the hills just to put product into jars in a legal, you know, 
environment, which is amazing. And then, um, and then you have your sticker also has to have uniform conformity to it. It has to have the universal symbol on it, the federal warning on it. It has to have it say flower on it, all these little nuances. And then there's lines for your THC, your CBD, and then what they call UID, which is unit identification number. That's where the distributor, the distributor gives you. And then, and also the jars have to be in child proof. Uh, containers and then uh, and then you get your UID number and then it goes to and then distributor then so then from there the consumer will at this farm in particular will meet the, the farmer but then you don't get your uh, product it's not direct sales you go to the the uh, dispensary who gets it then from the distributor and that's how the point is that's how the point of sales works and it's all through what they call metric mtrc and i Thank don't really you, know Tracy. what that stands for yeah Do, and Jay, i just want to yeah. uh you know i couldn't <laughs> tell you i bet michael knows but we're we are down to just two minutes here left on the show so i just want to expand really quickly on what you just said tracy and make sure our listeners know that the dispensary where you'll be getting the product from is going to be on site right there at the farmers market so at this whole event you'll be able to meet the farmers see the product that they have for sale hear their story and then buy that product right there at the event it just won't be from the farmers booth it's going to be from like another booth that's very close by that's in the same event so we just have one minute left here. So, Tracy, I want to give you a chance really quick to just give out that address again and the um, hours of the farmer's market. And then we are going to sign off for the day. Okay. 44550 Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S. There will be signs, too, right off the 101. You can't miss it. Laytonville, 11 to 4. Thank you, Tracy. And thank you, Michael. You both do a huge amount of work for our community in addition to also having your own lives that I hope you are able to spend some time on. So my deepest gratitude for both of you for the work that you do and for joining us today. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of thank the Cannabis you, Hour. Thank you. And I will be back two weeks from today. Thank you, Michael. And stay tuned. Up next, we have Portrait in Jazz right here on KZYX. See you on Saturday. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.